Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose podcast. This week we're talking to Graham Boylan. He's HR Director of CRH UK and Ireland. And part of that involves Tarmac, which is a company a lot of us will be familiar with. And of course, it's a huge company in relation to infrastructure across the whole of our country. Its purpose is a really simple one, but also an ambitious one. It is literally building our future. But as part of that, Tarmac's been a company that I think for many years now has really thought about the skills and talent it needs to make sure it's a company that can really deliver on that purpose. And I think we all know the challenges that many sectors are facing in relation to getting the skill staff that they need. Tarmac's probably one of those that's been ahead of the curve. Graham, it's brilliant to have you on board um, and doing the podcast this week. I think, first of all, most people probably think they've got a basic idea about what a company like Tarmac does, but it might be worth you just setting out, if you like, the, the core of what the business does. What does building our future as a purpose really involve you doing? Thanks, Justine, and uh, it's great to be with you today. Um, so, so maybe a little bit about the Tarmac business, first of all. So, um, we're really the leading sustainable um, supplier of building materials in the UK. So, so what does that mean? So primarily that's um, the things that we see around us when we go into city centres and, and we drive down, down roads, et cetera. So cement, um, aggregates, concrete, and asphalt would be the would be the most kind of notable products that everybody would recognize. But we also manufacture things like uh, aircrete blocks to, that go into housing, and we provide the mortar that uh, binds bricks together. So a whole range of things that, that help us to kind of build the communities around us. So probably most of what we come into contact day to day, there's a fair chance, isn't there, that literally on a day to day basis, you've come into contact with something that your company would have would have helped prepare and and get into situ. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you go into any any city centre and you look at the buildings and you look at the roads and you look at the pavements and uh, you know, we'll certainly be part of all of that. Um, which is a which is a great thing, I think, for our employees. You know, they get great pride in in all of the the, the major projects that we get involved in and and can see that you know their work coming to fruition around us. Absolutely. And it is crucial for for the wider country. Now, I mean, our paths first crossed, didn't they, really, um, when you had the honour of having His Royal Highness Prince William open the National Skills and Safety Park. And that, that was just before the, the pandemic. Ran. But for your role in HR, tell us a little bit more broadly about that upstream work that you're doing um, with schools and promoting careers, looking at STEM, and, and then we'll come on to that, that work that you're doing on apprenticeships after. Sure. I guess, first of all, it, it's really important for us as an organisation to, um, to be representative of the communities which we serve. Um, we, have, we have sites all around the UK um, and, and we're in, you know, just about every corner of the of the geography. So we, we like to make sure that we offer real career opportunities for, for local people all around the country. And, 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 you know, whilst we're not completely unique in that, there aren't that many organisations who have the kind of footprint that we do. So so we take that responsibility really seriously. And we, we do our best to get into all of those local schools and colleges and universities, et cetera, where young people are. And, and, and we chat to them around 
the, the, the career possibilities with us. Um, I think quite often when young people look at an organization like ours, they see the products and they understand that there'll be a manufacturing process, but probably what they don't see is all the strategic work that goes behind it and, and the fact that you've got accountants and HR professionals mm -hmm. and human professionals and, and all the rest of it. So there's a huge range of careers within within the Tama organization. And, and I think when we open young people's eyes to that, um, and they understand also that we're part of a of a much bigger global organization in CRH that does similar things all around the world. Then, you know, the possibilities for careers for for, for young people are almost limitless, which, which is a great selling point for us. We're also very keen that um, you know within that um, kind of chat to schools, we, we ensure that we're we're appealing to a, the broadest kind of sector of community that we can. So we, we want to make sure that we're, for example, um, I think uh, young people can can sometimes not be attracted to the construction industry because they mm -hmm. think it might be kind of dirty jobs, et cetera. And, and whilst there's, whilst there, you know, there are some kind of tough roles that we have out there, there there's a huge range of, of opportunities within the business. And we want to make sure that that no matter who you are, no matter what your background, we, we believe there's a career for you with, with our organisation. And I mean, it's all sorts, isn't it? It's technology, it's geology, um, it's engineering. It's really the whole gamut of, of such different career paths that people might be interested in having. And I guess as part of that bigger CRH group, you know, international opportunities potentially as well. There, there are, yeah, that's right. Um, that no, no matter what your background or kind of education, there's, there's probably a really good career path for for you as an individual within Tarmac or, or the broader CRH. And you know, you're absolutely right. We we have we have a number of individuals each year who come through their careers with uh, with the Tarmac business in the UK, and then start to look at, at more international opportunities later on. And, and yeah. some people then relocate to other parts of the world and, and really begin to kind of build international careers, which, which is fantastic. For other people that they might want to, they might want to roll where they're much more local and, and do something that they're happy to be kind of where they are. And that's great too. Yeah. So I think we can appeal to a, just a broad spectrum of people. And are you seeing over the years of doing all of this work, particularly with schools and the, the STEM focus you've got with some of your careers work, how are you seeing a growing interest? I mean, there's more young people obviously doing maths and, and there has been a tilt of the education system towards STEM, but are you seeing that coming through in the engagement from schools or, or do you sometimes still feel like it's an uphill battle? And my sense is actually that people have become a lot more, a lot more open-minded and thinking a lot more carefully about this wide range of careers that a company like Tarmac has. I think you're right. Um, I, I, I do think we've seen a movement in that, and, a, um, and I think it's come from both the schools themselves, but also mm -hmm. from parents. Mm -hmm. I think parents are, are more switched on maybe than they used to be around the careers for, you know, for their own children. And yeah. one, one of the things that we've started to do in a, in a much better way is, is talk to the parents around around the you know the career opportunities as well because mm -hmm. getting their support for their children's future is vital in, in my opinion particularly for younger children yeah I think that's a really good point and of course one of the other big shifts that we've had has been from almost those traditional conventional routes doing a levels going to university then going into a career switching over towards apprenticeships 
Yes, and that is something that Tarmac has really focused on a lot. Tell us a little bit about the Tarmac Apprenticeship Programme and, and how it's developed over recent years. I think, first of all, Justina, we're, we're great believers in not picking the winners too early. And, and what I mean by that is sometimes um, academic success can be more about the background of the of the parents of the child rather than the ability of the young person. Um, so we're, we're really keen to, to give opportunities to, to everyone who works for us, no matter what the background or the starting position. And um, we, we've, we've got quite a number of successes um, throughout the years of individuals joining us in, in apprenticeship positions and, and rising to very senior leadership roles and I, I know you've met some of those in the past yourself mm. which is great and you know even even this year uh, we've seen a couple of people rise to director level positions who joined us as an apprentice which 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 I think is wonderful and and, and really shows a, a real kind of meritocracy um, within the organization which I think is incredibly important to build a good culture um, I mean in terms of our apprenticeships uh, this year, we've we've gone to market for the biggest intake of of young people that, that we've ever gone to market for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is during the pandemic, we, we didn't, as many other employees, we didn't recruit as as, as many youngsters as we had before. Mm -hmm. You know, we were yeah. kind of battening down the hatches to a certain extent and kind of getting through the difficult times. Um, but now we're through that it's just incredibly important that we invest in the future and that's what we're doing. So um, we're, we're taking on many, many apprentices, higher apprentices and graduates right across the UK. Um, mm -hmm. And I think already we've had about 140 offers accepted. Um, and the diversity of that group is the best we've ever seen um, by a distance. And, and we've made huge efforts to, to advertise in, in places that maybe we didn't kind of seek out talent before um so i think we've kind of learned a lesson around that and, and and i think we're seeing some incredibly talented young people ready to join our business in august and september of this year and um, and for other employers who are sort of wanting to move in that direction because it's absolutely the right direction mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about you know you talked about advertising those roles in different places it obviously goes together with the work that you do with schools you know, it's easier said than done, isn't it, I suppose, um, getting to that wider talent pool. For Tarmac, what would you say some of your learnings have been on how to do that successfully? Because you're obviously having an impact now. I mean, first of all, it's hard work. Um, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it takes it takes a lot of effort from a, a lot of people across the business. Many, many people from my team work really hard on this, but also in the wider business. There's an awful lot of commitment to get out there and and, and talk to individual schools yeah. in, in kind of local places. So, you know, this stuff's not easy. It takes commitment. It takes time. Um, and I think it, it, it's just really about people getting out there and telling the story. And so, I guess you've got to build up trust as well. You can't just suddenly arrive at a school or a college and say, we've got some great opportunities. Come and work for us, actually. You know, you need to be doing all of that upstream stuff in schools way before that. So actually, by the time you're arriving with some brilliant opportunities, people already know a bit about what you're doing and they've already got a good impression of the company. And so they're already open, aren't they, to, to looking at those opportunities? Yeah, I mean, certainly you'd hope so. I mean, you know, I guess we we always really want to be a good neighbour. 
in in a in a variety of ways. You know, employment's one of them, but there are many others. Um, uh, you know, within our business, we we have a lot of land, um, and we we take mineral from that land. Mm-hmm. But at a point where the mineral's exhausted, we have to make sure that the land is left in a in a better state for the community than it was before we started. And we do that. Um, and there are there are multiple examples of kind of you know wonderful biodiversity projects all around the country that have that have been built up from a from a past site that we've that we've taken mineral from. Um, and we're incredibly committed to that because I think if you do those kind of things, then people in the community see you for what you are as, as an organization who are who are trying to and doing the right thing. So you know yeah. stuff we're talking about today around employment is is one facet of what we do around community, but it, it's certainly yeah, you know just one part of a, of a much bigger picture. Yeah, about developing that broader relationship that, that's one that's really positive. And on the back of that, then, yeah, you you know, you become a, a business that, of course, people want to become more involved with because actually you're you're taking that broader responsibility for, for what you're doing. I, I think that's right, Justin. I mean, what one, one thing that's been really interesting this year, um, let, let, maybe if I take you back a few years, um, if we... If we advertised a, a role in the sustainability function maybe mm-hmm. four or five years ago, we would have got some applicants, but it would have been, you know, kind of amongst the pack or would have been like the other roles. And um, mm-hmm. this year, by a distance, and I mean by a distance, our most popular role was a graduate opportunity in the sustainability team by an absolute distance. I mean, we were we were inundated with individuals applying for that role to a point where um, we actually there were so many really good applicants. We we took many of them into into other roles within the organisation to start later in the year. So that just shows that I think in you know that the agenda around yeah. sustainability has moved incredibly quickly over the last three or four years. It's a bit it's a bit like um, it's a bit like you know the internet was kind of around for a while and everyone went where's this going to go <laughs> yes. and then all of a sudden boom. Um, and sustainability is front and center of of everything that we talk around in in the business. Yeah, and it comes, you know, it comes back to the discussions I have with a lot of younger people, where they're just really looking for a career with purpose, with yeah. a sense of, you know, why it matters, and they want to do that in the company that's also got that that sense of purpose. Um, now, I wanted to definitely come in and talk about the national skills and safety part because hmm. obviously that you got that going. Before the pandemic, um, it was formally officially opened um, in 2020. Hmm. And of course, it continues to develop now with health and safety work and all of that. Tell us, for people who aren't familiar with it, obviously, tell us a little bit about what the the NSSP does. Um, I mean, it's obviously based just outside Mansfield in Nottinghamshire. So one of those classic places where actually it can really be part of that levelling up work that happens in local community yeah i mean it, you, you being yourself justine so you you know you know it's a it's an amazing site it really um, is, yeah. so it, it's a it's a disused um quarry site um near mansfield as you say as you drive into it, it it's a for anyone who's been the center parks it's a bit like driving in the center park. <laughs> right. you know you've got the tree lined um uh, entrance which is which gives you a really nice feel yeah and, that's right. and you know, we, we've gone there because to build the park a few years ago, because we wanted to have an environment that was that was really conducive to learning. Um, and, and that's what we've tried to build. So um, with, within the park, there are 
there are kind of there's a there's a building where you've got training rooms etc but i think even more importantly outside there are all kinds of facilities there's there's a there's a maintenance area um mm -hmm. there's a place where road building actually takes place so um there's there's kind of gangs of road builders would would uh, simulate building a road mm -hmm. a road in kind of in a in a real way so um it's a very practical environment so we get people to do stuff and to practice stuff and they have experts with them who will help them to to be even better at what they do um and we've professionalized um we've professionalized kind of operator roles yeah. so um we, we've taken them to the next level and 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 by doing that i think we, we do a couple of things one we build real pride into the into the work that people do which i think's hugely important but also we we raise for for some of them we, we raise the possibility of them then building their career for themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know bettering themselves and, and bettering the lives for the families and, and all those good things so it, it's kind of it's back to the point earlier around meritocracy so mm -hmm. for, for me above everything else the park gives everyone who works for us the opportunity to be the best version of themselves that they can possibly be um, and that's really right at the heart of our strategy in, in terms of learning and development. You know, we want everyone to have the chance to be to be better than they currently are. Um, and the park gives them that environment to really strive for that. And, and people love going there just you know, in a, <laughs> no, it's it's, one of those it places. Is, um, it's a fantastic facility. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And it and and actually when you know when you walk through the door, there's there's that bit of history, you know, some of the you know, the background to, to tarmac and all of that. And I just think all, all of that, you know, does make a difference. And I think the other thing for me was, you know, you could have seen something like that as almost a bespoke facility for apprentices to go there. But actually what you've done is obviously, it is a fundamentally, as you said, Graham, it's a training development, learning and development site for, for all of the employees, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It's for everyone. And, and, and that was... That was exactly how we, you know, we set out, we set out to create something that was for all of our employees. And many, many, many of them have, have now been to the park. And uh, I don't think I've heard a single person get there and be disappointed. Um, so if, if, if people arrive and, you know, they, they feel energized by the surroundings that they're in, then guess what? You know, they're going to have a much greater chance of, of learning new things and, and developing their own skills which is fantastic. Um, and, and I think we're at the point now where when, when someone gets asked to go to the park for an event, they feel quite excited and, yeah. uh, and energized around that rather than, oh, no, it's a day away from my job, which, which is great. So I think we're putting learning right at the center of the, of the kind of organizational strategy, which is exactly where it should be. For me, you know, the, the only source of sustainable um competitive advantages through people's skills that's the only one yeah and that's probably never been more true than today in a sense and and i think what's interesting about the national schools and safety park is you know there'll be people who as you say arrive there probably not 100 sure what it's going to be like but it might, might be the first time they've really felt like they've been in a learning a place of learning for many years and i think that can put people's minds in a really different place you know we're entering a world where it is going to be more of a focus on lifelong learning and I think the NSSP can 
play a big role, as you were saying, actually, in helping people think, yeah, I got a lot out of being here. So maybe there's more that I can do on, on my development. There is. I mean, I could, I could tell a million stories, Justine, but, <laughs> you know, maybe just one. I mean, you know, there are individuals who've, who've gone to the park um, to start to take part in, in the professional operator development program that we run. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I, I genuinely think is is kind of market leading. It, it, it's a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic program, and, and great credit to to Matt Gibbs and, and Peter Kay and, and, and my L and D team for putting that together because it is, you know, it, it's a real feather in the cap of the organisation. But we, we've had we've had people who worked for us at, at a site level for 25, 30 years or more have gone and enrolled on that program, and actually, you know, before they could really get going that have to go back and do maths and English and mm-hmm. um, you know it, it may be 50 plus years of age but when you see the pride that people get in having you know taken that on achieved it and then and then yeah. got their you know kind of professional status it 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 really does make you feel good about the organization that you yeah. work for and it's making such a difference um to them you know literally helping them to to get on in their lives and I think mm-hmm. You know, we're in a, a world where there is a lot of inflation. It's, you know, cost of living challenge for lots of people. But fundamentally, one of the one of the ways you can start to address that is by having employees like Tarmac, where you can progress, where you can, you know, develop and get into that next that next rung of the ladder, that that better paid role. And, and, and actually, yeah. you know, being able to have a career is a huge part of how you can allow, as you said, be the best version of yourself and allow people to really make the most of the talents that they have rather than getting stuck. Completely agree. And, and in addition to that, I, I hope anyway that it, it makes the employees feel that the organisation cares about them and you know wants them to do well and progress. Um, and if it does that, then fantastic. That's exactly what we want. And so you've got the National Skills and Safety Park, bricks mm. and mortar and all, all of the stuff that happens there. Yeah. Clearly, Graham, as you're saying, this progression piece, we talked a lot about the work you do up, upstream, you know, literally mm. opening up those opportunities in a, a, a company like Tarmac and, and, and CRH. So this issue of progression and, and where the, the National Skills and Safety Park um, fits in tell us a little bit more about how you make sure people actually feel like they can get on in a place like tarmac there must i'm going to guess there's a lot more isn't there than than just what the the park does there, there is justine i mean I, you know i, I guess in all large-scale organizations there's a there's, there's numerous answers to how people get on but perhaps i could i could pick one out that i think is is something that i often describe as is one of the crown jewels of our whole organization and it's something called the Employee Development Program. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what happens with that? It, it, it's open to to people um, who are at, at the kind of site level or mm-hmm. more junior level within our offices, um, and they self-apply. So um, we we go out with a campaign that says the EDP can give you all of these things, mm-hmm. um, but you have to self-nominate. Um, so this year, for example, we have about 200 people going through the EDP who are all self-nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go through a series of development activities that really um, does, does a number of things, but most critically builds their self-confidence, um, which again, you know, it is something that 
can hold a lot of people back. They have the ability, they have the inherent ability, but maybe because of whatever reason in the background, they might not have the confidence to put themselves forward. Yeah. Yeah. The EDP really kind of builds the confidence of individuals. And at the end of the program, you know, some people might go, great, you know, I've developed and I'm, and I'm happy in the role that I'm in. Other people might say, okay, the world looks different now. I understand more about the context of the organization. I really want to press on and do different things in my career. And we've got lots and lots and lots of examples of people who've gone on to do all kinds of wonderful, extraordinary roles with us, um, having gone through the EDP and, and then just said, look, you know, I really want to get on now. So, so again, you know, for me, that that's kind of fundamental to the DNA of the organization. If you want to progress, if you want to learn, if you want to develop, we will help you. And, and you know, having done that development, if you then want to get on, we will support yeah. you in doing that. And then there's the colleague mentoring that fits around all of that, presumably as well, that, that you've steadily built up. Yeah, we do. We, we, we have a broad range of coaching and mentoring opportunities within the business. And um, we're, we're just about to take that to the next level. Um, at the end of this year so um we're, we're going to be launching a uh, th through a through a digital platform mm -hmm. an opportunity for anyone who wants to be a mentor or a mentee mm -hmm. in any level within the organization to register on that and it's a bit like um it's a bit like some kind of uh, dating app for mentoring <laughs> way describe yeah. it. so depending on what people are uh, you know want from the experience um that then we you know we'll match people up get them together and, and if the chemistry works then yes. have to go in that relationship but we we put a we put a lot of emphasis and effort into making sure that the mentors are properly trained mm -hmm. so that the mentees get a, a really good experience every time it's brilliant stuff and obviously you know it's a, yours is just such a classic case of you know, you in that role and a company that is genuinely, you know, I often talk about employers that are engines of social mobility and, and how that happens and how important it is. And Tarmac has put in place so much to shift ever more steadily in that direction. So for you, Graham, tell us a little bit about your, your own career path, actually. Um, did you start off wanting to be a HR professional? Was it a little bit of a, a different path for you not at all justine I, I i fell into it to be honest um <laughs> okay so when when i was when i was very young kind of teenager etc i i was i was a bit of a kind of mini entrepreneur kind of right had a had a few small businesses kind of costume jewelry business and a window cleaning business and uh -huh. and eventually um i i owned a betting shop um right. of all things <laughs> So, so yeah, some very interesting tips. Where was the betting shop? <laughs> it was called Chick Parkers, and it was um, it was it was in Washington, in in Town and Weir. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, my my uncle was actually in something related to HR, and and he found a job advert for me, um, which, which I which I applied for when I was eighteen. Mm -hmm. So, um, after my A levels, um, and. I got the role there. It was actually. So hang on, so hang on. just just for our audience here, Graham. So yeah. what you're saying is that by the time you were 18, you'd had a few small businesses. You'd you'd, you know, had a betting shop, and yeah. and at that stage, um, <laughs> like a very different kind of work experience to most people. At that stage, then you suddenly think, oh, I'll try and I'll try my hand at 
that this HR stuff because because my family member says this is this is maybe a good thing to do were you sort of thinking about doing anything like that or was it just what he suggested at, at the time I, so there, there was myself and one other guy who kind of owned the betting shop and if I'm honest at the time that was my main focus so mm -hmm. Um, he he was he was kind of running the shop on a day to day basis. So yeah. I kind of you know went into a went into a job as I saw it, even though it was a, it was a kind of a trainee HR role. Yeah, I saw yeah. it was a job, so we could do through the week whilst we whilst we tried to build the uh, <laughs> you know the betting shop business. I guess yeah, my, my my kind of vision at the time was try to have ten shops, sell it to someone, mm -hmm. and then just sit on a beach for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that didn't quite work out. Uh, so, so you and you you go into HR and then basically, what do you really like it or you know how does it all work out? I did, yeah. I mean, I I, I got the taste for it really early. I mean, I, I've mm -hmm. I've always been I've always been someone who is just really interested in people and mm. wanting people to do well and helping people. You know, I've kind of I, I I'm very much into sports. So I'm 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 a team person. I enjoy mm -hmm. success through team mm -hmm. rather than individual. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think I did quite well. Um, I, I think it, when I was 23, I became the, the HR manager for the uh, local education authority. Um, and in local government terms, apparently I was out at that point, one of the youngest, what they called principal officers outside of London in local government in the wow. country. So I, I, I kind of did all right by that. Um, but then probably the rest of my twenties, I was kind of, balancing between you know running my own business and kind of working and doing this job so it was it was a bit so a, you still a, got the betting shop at yeah, 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 early days so yeah. so yeah. you know something this HR role that really you've just done to kind of have a little bit bit of sort of stability almost financially on the side whilst you built up the business all of a sudden yeah. actually that really takes off you're really enjoying it you're doing yeah. really well because it sounds like you brought all of that entrepreneurial skill set to the HR career and so is there a moment when you have to suddenly think I've got to do one of these I can't do both I'm gonna to have to choose yeah and, and and I think that moment probably came you know when when my kids came along and mm -hmm. and it was that moment where you think you know I need to get serious with my career now mm -hmm. um and and what I what I did at the age of about I think I was about 31 I, I decided I need to do something completely different um to to try and move my career on mm -hmm. and I joined a software company um and, and and I worked with them for about three years and I got all kinds of really good experience in terms of um kind of selling software implementing software etc mm -hmm. doing doing pitches to boards of directors all around the country and really different but really good experience yeah. um but so I was not really HR but but you know it, technology yeah. and and just really trying a different bit almost to building up a different bit of your entrepreneurial skill set again. Yeah, I mean, if, if I go back to there, when I joined the software company, and it's probably hard for younger people to believe, but the day I walked in the, the door of the software company, I'd never used email. <laughs> it yeah. was, you know, in, in hindsight, I would probably now describe that as a pretty brief decision <laughs> or, or, a, or a completely stupid one, one, one of the two. But, it you know, fortunately, it, it worked out. I was I managed to... I managed to get my head around the, the new environment and, and really enjoyed it. Um, but then I, I was away from home an awful lot in that role. 
So even though it was very enjoyable and I worked with some fantastic people, got some really different experience. Um, with with two young kids, I was just away from home too much. So I started looking for another role again. And uh, and that's when the first time I, I ended up working for Tarmac um, mm-hmm. in in their, their North and Scotland business in, I think it was 2001. Um, and I had about 11, 12 years with the business then, Justine. And mm-hmm. um, I, I moved from, I started as a regional head and went through various jobs and, and by... I think 2009 I was I was the kind of group HR director of the old tarmac business mm-hmm. um but then I, I I left there when the tarmac business came together with Lafarge and they, they formed a yeah. joint venture yeah, yeah. um so kind of off I went and um I had a I had a year off to be honest and um back with a horse race and I bought a racehorse with a couple of friends and uh, <laughs> did a did a bit of had a bit of fun mm-hmm. um and then after that I went to work for Anglo-American Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in a global role so I spent a lot of time in South Africa and did you and, did you just get bored when you were you were out you know there was a bit of you just felt like you needed the next challenge you, you'd recharge your batteries but needed to get on with other stuff yeah I, I would say I really enjoyed about seven or eight months of just doing what I wanted every day which mm-hmm. I haven't had for a long time mm-hmm. um but then you wake up one day and go what's next so from from that point um it it probably took me a couple of months to kind of find the right thing and, mm-hmm. and I, I was very fortunate to join Anglo-American and uh and, and really 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 enjoyed that experience as I say a lot of time in South Africa I love South Africa so that was that was mm-hmm. great um got to go down you know platinum mines and and see how the manufacture kind of uh, diamonds into beers and all this kind of great wow. stuff so and was that from a great, hr perspective you were doing that role at Angola? yeah it was yeah 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 yeah. yeah it was and then um uh various other things happened uh, I, I i had a had another role a couple of years later which i didn't really enjoy so we'll skip over that and um and then i got the opportunity through talking to crh to to join the crh business mm. um and at that point in time, I, I, I they hadn't actually bought the tarmac business in the UK. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I'd kind of agreed to, to to join, although I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. And then yeah, yeah. It was and then they bought the tarmac business, and then I ended up talking to other people, and uh, eventually kind of joined CRH to initially look after the the tarmac business in the UK. And then, mm-hmm. and then last year. Um, there's a bit of a restructure in the the UK and Ireland businesses all came together. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, under the leadership of uh, Peter Buckley. Um, so I now work for Peter um, looking after the UK and Ireland businesses as one big cluster in CRH. So I think for anyone listening, <laughs> you know, a lot of young people will always think that, you know, there's a career path, you're doing this you know, fantastic role, senior role um, at CRH. Um, and then actually once once you get into that journey, Graham, it's amazing, isn't it? Just how you've woven in entrepreneurship, obviously a passion, a genuine passion for HR, but then always being prepared to go off and do other things. Like literally not to, there's always this power of inertia, I think, in life sometimes where because you're doing something, you tend to keep doing it. And you've obviously never fallen into that trap. You've, would you say, I mean, if you were giving advice to young people now, what would it be? I'm, I'm interested because you've just got 
such a different career path to perhaps you know what people might have expected yeah i mean it, it's as you say, just in everyone's path's different. So it's sometimes difficult to give advice. But one thing I would say is that for me, just being brave around choices is really important. Mm -hmm. and, and I see that, and I'm, and I'm not talking about what I've done. I'm more talking around when I when I look at career paths generally and, and you know, the, the people that get a really senior roles, you know, much more senior than mine. I think they've been, they've been brave around what they've done. They've moved internationally, you know, they've, they've taken on challenges where they didn't quite know, you know, what the role would be. And, and, and really that's where the magic happens, you know, when, 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 when people are in an environment that they're not familiar with, they learn the quickest because they have to. And, and really that's when, when, when people develop at that rapid rate and allows them to really progress their careers. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I could talk to myself again at 18, I would, I would probably do very different things and I would, probably go on a very different path interestingly mm -hmm. uh, and I'd probably be braver with my own choices mm -hmm. um uh, but but I do think that's something to for, for people to bear in mind you know ne never say no to an opportunity because you're not quite sure what it is just give it a go and what do you if you say being braver with your own choices what might that have looked like do you think it's hard to say isn't it um it's hard to say because you know you take one left rather than a right and everything changes and uh <laughs> yeah and, and, and look, I, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do. And that's the other thing um, that when I, there's a couple of times in my career where I thought I'm not enjoying myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not learning anymore. And, and that's when I've said, right, I'm off. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's really important that you enjoy whatever role that you're in. And once you yeah. stop enjoying it, then I, then I think it's time to kind of do something else. Yeah. Life's too short to be, getting up in the morning and thinking I don't really want to do this you know yeah when when the passion dies for a for a particular particular role then I think it's time to it's time to move on I think that's brilliant advice and it, it sort of all in the end ties back to what we've been talking about which is you know the learning that you can do at a place like Tarmac CRH and, and this sense of people wanting to grow in their roles and in their life and and actually, if you can be part of helping to make that happen, then, you know, you end up with you know, much happier employees because actually people people do want to make the most of themselves. Graham, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the podcast. I, I feel like of all the podcasts I've done, you're up there with most improbable career path <laughs> um, to get to current role. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's been brilliant and really love working with tarmac and having you part of the purpose coalition i massively respect everything that the company is doing and and that crh family more broadly because i just think it shows what you can achieve when there's the right ethos and smart planning around how you bring in talent and then develop it so thank you for all of that i think if genuinely if more businesses take that kind of approach i genuinely think britain get le gets leveled up a lot faster and it's been brilliant to hear your own journey actually graham um absolutely superb and as you said it's about being brave being bold taking a bit of risk and realizing that sometimes when you're outside your comfort zone you know that's the best thing because that's when you learn the most um anyway right i'm going to stop waxing about this but it has been fantastic Graham Boylan, um, thanks very much for being on the podcast. 
thanks Justine and, and if I can just say you know thanks very much for your support over the over the last few years as well it, it's been it's been really helpful and uh, you know your guidance across a number of areas has, has been instrumental in us keeping going with this journey and, and really making the right choices so I, I really appreciate your support well thank you it's been brilliant having you thanks a lot friend all right thank you